Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-host, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, guys, we will be covering the case of the Delphi murders with Libby and Abby, another highly recommended case for us. We will be covering this case from top to bottom. Just an FYI for you guys, next week we will be covering Nicole Simpson, a.k.a. the ex-wife of O.J. Simpson, and get her perspective on her passing. Don't forget, guys, that that episode is on the exclusive side of the podcast. You will have to be a patron in order to listen to this, an active patron account as well. Yes, guys, remember to make sure that your patron accounts are up to date and active. We've had many, many accounts where the credit card information is not accurate, like the date is off or the address is off. So just make sure all those details are correct before setting up or submitting your credit card information there. All right, guys, let's jump into it. At 1.35 p.m. on Monday, February 13th, 2017, 13-year-old Abigail Joyce, Abby Williams, and 14-year-old Liberty Rose, Lynn, Libby, German, were dropped off by German's older sister, Kelsey German, on Country Road 300 North, east of the Hoser Heartland Highway. The girls were hiking on the Monroe High Bridge over Deer Creek, among woodland in remote Deer Creek Township. At approximately 2.07 p.m., Libby posted a photo of Abby walking on the bridge. After this, they were never heard from again. They were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. after they failed to meet Libby's father at 3.15 p.m. The families initially searched for the girls themselves before calling the police. Authorities who quickly searched the area did not initially suspect foul play in the disappearance. However, this changed when the bodies of the girls were found around noon the next day, about a half a kilometer east of the abandoned Manan High Bridge. The bodies were found on the north bank of Deer Creek. Police have not released the details of how the girls were murdered. As early as February 15, 2017, the Indiana State Police began circulating an image of an individual reportedly seen on the High Bridge Trail near where the two friends had died. The grainy photograph appears to capture a Caucasian male, hands in his pocket, head down, walking on the rail bridge towards the girls. A few days later, the person in the photograph was named the prime suspect of the double homicide. On February 22nd, law enforcement released an audio recording of the voice of the suspect, Although muffled, it is heard to say, down the hill. At this news conference, officials credited the source of the audio and imagery to German's smartphone and further regarded her as a hero for having had the presence in mind and fortitude to secretly record the exchange. Police indicate that the additional evidence from the phone had been secured but would not release further details as to not compromise any future trial. By this time, the reward offered in this case was set at $41,000. On July 17th, officers distributed a composite sketch of someone who, at the time in the investigation, and was sought out as the person of prime interest in the murders. It had apparently been drawn by police from eyewitnesses to a certain hiker of the Delphi historical trails on that day the girls vanished. Now this guy is going to be a little bit important later on in this story. On April 19th, 2019, Indiana State Police announced a new direction in the case. 
The new materials included a short video recording in which the blue jeaned and jacketed suspect is seen walking along the rail bridge for a little over a second. Carter stated that because of the deteriorated condition of the bridge, the suspect was not walking naturally due to the spacing between the ties. The updated sketch of the suspect was also unveiled, as well as an extended version of the audio recording in which a slight rise in the suspect's voice can be detected as he utters the words, guys, before the phrase, down the hill. It was further explained that the previously released sketch showing an older man with a goatee and cap was now considered secondary by contrast. The clean-shaven individual of the newly revised composite became the primary sketch of the prime suspect. Police said that this person might range from the age of 18 to 40, but cautioned that his youthful appearance could make him look younger than his true age. Investigators revealed they had reason to believe that the suspect might well be hiding in plain sight and that the person was almost certainly familiar with the area of Delphi, whether it be from living or working there for another reason. An additional plea was made for help to identify the driver of a vehicle left abandoned off the Hoser Heartland Highway of Delphi at the former Child Services Office between noon and 5 p.m. on the days of the murder. On July 23, 2019, a suspect who had been wanted for the kidnapping and rape of a 26-year-old woman on June 22nd in Tippecanoe County was named as one of the multiple suspects being investigated for the Williams and German murders. On June 27, 2019, the suspect was surrounded by the police, and after a five-hour standoff, he died by suicide. I definitely do not feel like this was the man. I feel like the reason being is because this particular man enjoyed the company of uh, younger children. Both Abby and Libby confirmed that this man is not the suspect. Although he definitely was mentally unwell, he preferred his victims to be adults. Another suspect as a registered sex offender from Indiana was arrested in Woodland Park, Colorado in September of 2017. Charged with threatening strangers, on a monument trail with a hatchet. In early February 2018, authorities said that the suspect was no longer considered an active person of interest in the Delphi murders. Well, I'm glad they were able to identify that. They were getting closer with this particular person of interest. However, also, unfortunately, was not able to determine it was him because he definitely had a strong alibi. And although they perhaps thought somebody connected to him may have had some sort of involvement, this was simply not the case. I also believe this particular predator likes children even younger than Abby and Libby. There are way too many pedophiles in this world. That would be very hard to narrow down. On April 27, 2021, Indiana State Police detectives named another suspect as a new person of interest in the Delphi murders. On October 26, 2022, a suspect was actually recently taken into custody and actually appeared in court October 28th of a couple of weeks ago. On October 31st, 2022, Indiana State Police announced that the suspect had been charged with two counts of murder in the case. His trial is scheduled to begin in March of 2023. Now, this man that is currently being charged, his name is Richard Allen. 
Now, Allen was taken into custody by the Delphi Double Homicide Task Force and then transferred to the Carroll County Jail. He was later transferred to the White County Jail, where he's being currently held. Carroll County Prosecutor Nicholas McLeland said that the preliminary plea of not guilty had been entered for Allen and that he is being held without bond ahead of March 20th, 2023 trial. When asked whether anyone else presumed to be involved in the murders, they said, we have not closed the door on this case. He added that the established tip line will be left open as the case is still ongoing. All court documents related to the case remain under seal. McLeland said his office made that request because of the extra scrutiny associated with the case and to protect the integrity of the investigation. Officials said that while members of the public will likely want more information, that won't come until later. Carter also stated in a press conference, while I know you are expecting final details, today is not that day. Please understand our system of due process and remember that all persons arrested are presumed innocent. Carter added, today is not the day to celebrate, but the arrest of Richard Allen of Delphi on two counts of murder is sure a major step in leading to the conclusion of this long-term and complex investigation. Carter and other officials thanked everyone who was involved in the investigation and made personal sacrifices to see it. I am very glad that they genuinely have someone in custody for this particular case. And I really do believe that they have the right person in custody. And I know that there is a lot of gruesome details of the story that have yet to come out. But I'm going to try to pinpoint out and piece out as much as I can. We will hear all the details of the case starting March 2023, so I'm looking forward to see how similar the case is. And of course, there will be some details that Libby and Abby give me that we will never find out from him or anyone else associated with him. My first question is, why are they keeping everything so tight-lipped? That is a really good question, honestly, because there's a lot of inconsistencies with the story. I believe they found some evidence attached to this man. I really feel like there are a few people who they did do interviews on who actually ended up leading them to this particular man. I also believe that there may be eventually be somebody else involved, which is another reason I feel like they aren't putting out too much information because they don't want the person to run away. Now, if Richard Allen ends up being more helpful in this case, he may receive a bit of a lighter sentence, even though he is genuinely the main source of the situation. Perhaps this is the man that led to the arrest of Richard Allen. I genuinely feel like there's another person, although perhaps not a person of interest, but maybe some sort of involvement. Well, let's start from the very beginning before these two young girls left to go on their hiking adventure. Is there anything that you would like to share with us or would they like to share anything with us before they went on their trip? So both of these girls were genuinely best friends, of course, and they show me that they were a bit weird and didn't really get along with other girls. They both show me that they had a hard time maintaining friendships other than with each other, so they just stuck to each other. They both show me this was something they did often. They liked hiking. They liked being able to get away from their family, just spending alone time in the wilderness. 
They, of course, were teenage girls and at a very young portion of their teenage lives, going through those major hormonal issues, but in reality, genuinely good, smart children. So they had done this before. Have they gone to this particular area before? Yes, they had. And from what they show me, it had been a few times they had been there. And from what they show me, they had the best time together. Before everything transpired, of course, they were continuing to try to have fun before they had to separate and go their own ways. Did they ever run into Richard Allen previously? From what they both show me, no. They had never had any interaction with him. However, I don't believe that Richard Allen hadn't seen them before. I'm just unsure exactly where. I don't necessarily feel like he was stalking them or trying to get with them. I feel as though this man just happened to be in the area and perhaps have seen them in passing before. When the girls got to the trails, what can they tell us about the first little while before taking the photo on the bridge of Abby? From what the two of them show me, they were talking about boys and sports, enjoying conversations, and just really setting up their next plans to get together. They had this plan to have another sleepover very soon, potentially the weekend after. They also talked about what they plan to do on this particular sleepover as well. And perhaps maybe they can hang out with some other locals, maybe not necessarily friends, but just hanging out in general in the community, dressed in their nicest clothing, maybe to get attention from people that didn't go to their school. Although everyone knew each other, they were hoping to get a chance to meet somebody new. How long were they doing this before Alan came into the picture? I feel like they just crossed that bridge got to the other side, and that was where they ended up meeting with him. Now, he had started walking forward and then kind of like backtracked. There was no intention, of course, to meet this man. I feel like he was on the other side, and he quickly rushed over to the other side of the bridge. I feel like he was also not alone. Perhaps he had someone else there at the time. I'm not entirely sure, but I see that there were two of them at first. Did these men talk to the girls? Yes, they did. And from what I can feel and see and understand, these two men were trying to befriend the girls and, of course, making lewd suggestions and comments. The girls, although creeped by one of these men, were not too concerned for their safety at this point. Do you know what they talked about? A little bit. It looks like Abby was not necessarily talking too much. I think she did a lot more listening than talking. I see she would answer with like one word answers. And I feel like in the back of her mind, she just didn't want him to talk to her in general. She was very weary of strangers. When it comes to Libby, she shows me that the younger male, one of the two men, were striking up a conversation with her. I believe they were talking about sport and sport related topics, maybe even fishing. I think this is what led them into the next conversation. One of the reasons these men had been on the trail in the first place was because I believe they were going fishing. I don't necessarily know if it was what they were genuinely doing. They looked like they were going fishing. But from what Libby shows me, the two men were preparing for a fishing expedition or they were just leaving or something along those lines. What can they tell us that happened next? Libby is the one, by the way, that's more talkative. I feel like Abby is a little bit more on the shy side, but she definitely likes our dogs, especially Bella. She finds her absolutely beautiful, and this is who she's been hanging out with at the moment. She's definitely within an earshot, but she's letting Libby take the lead here. From what Libby shows me, 
the men had asked Libby and Abby if they wanted to join them on a little adventure within the trails or maybe even outside of the trails. I feel like Abby was pretty hesitant and I believe she was trying to suggest to Libby for them to just stay where they were. But I feel like she was saying this fairly quiet in the background. I don't necessarily feel like Libby put too much energy into it because she was pretty distracted by the other gentleman who was talking about things that she loved to talk about. And from the sounds of it, it was all in relation to like her future in sports. She shows me that there were a couple of things she wanted to get more involved with in sporting. And he informed her he knew all of these moves and could help her out and, and help her improve herself with this particular sport. I don't feel it to be baseball. I would say something connected maybe to football. I do feel like the man that I believe to be Richard was also trying to entice them. I feel like the other man, and we're going to call him Bill for now, was just more so interested in moving along with the plans of the day and evening. And since the kids weren't interested in doing anything, I feel like he just left. So everything seems to be pretty friendly at this point, except for the creepy men offering the girls to go on an adventure with them. So what happens next? These kids no longer had the safety of the man who provided a little bit of comfort. They were now just left alone with this particular man. From what Libby shows me, these two men did not know each other well, but it looks like they may have had some plans or just kind of doing the same thing and happened to go in the same area often, but they definitely lived separate from each other. The girls are very prompt with what I can see, and Libby informed me that they needed to be back by a certain time or they would get in trouble. She wanted to make sure she was sitting there waiting for her dad. So they just needed to make sure that they came back in ample time. There was a picture on Libby's phone of this man. Is this the same photo of the same man? Yes, it definitely is. She was not suspicious of the other guy, though, so she never took any photos of him. But she didn't like the way this particular man, a.k.a. Alan, was acting. Instead of this man and his friend passing by these two girls, they decided to walk back and start talking, which was kind of unusual. So I believe another reason why Libby had taken the photo in the first place was because she felt like he was shady. This was all before any sort of interaction. Her intuition was definitely on track that day. Was there anyone else around that could have maybe seen this event? I don't believe that there were any other witnesses. In fact, I feel like it's very empty, pretty unusual. But this man was very aware of the fact that this trail was completely empty. Libby shows me that she decided in that moment that she was going to take that photo just at an instinct. I feel as though he started to get very pushy with her. And right away, she really struggled with the idea of going anywhere with him. I believe the poor girls decided to stay right where they were and wait for their father because they started to feel a little uncomfortable. I feel like they changed their story. They had initially informed these men that their father was going to be picking them up in 20 minutes and they just realized they had just lost track of time. So they were kind of like trying to play it up. Definitely a good pointer for any children. If you were ever approached by any sort of strangers, make sure that they are aware that your parents are close by and one way or another to make sure to tell them that your parents have some sort of police background or some sort of fighting background to make it sound like this person is of authority. Definitely a good suggestion. Well, these girls definitely thought quick on their feet. And from what I can see, Abby also understood that Libby was getting uncomfortable and she was already uncomfortable. So it was definitely a good idea to continue to the portion of basically saying no to this guy. 
Obviously, this man didn't want to leave them alone, so what happens next? Well, that is when this man, Alan, decided to put a knife up to Abby's neck. The knife that I see is pretty distinctive. It looks like it has a bit of a curve. It's a pretty small knife, but it was also something he could have, like, whipped out very quickly. It's almost like a switchblade. It was a silver knife. It had a grip on it. That is the main reason why the girls left with him. I also believe that he threatened he would push them over the bridge. And this was another reason why Libby started to use her phone as much as she could. He did have his eyes all on her throughout the little journey. But from what I can see, she was trying to get Abby to distract him while she made some sort of phone calls to the police, trying to get some recorded items. She was trying to do her absolute best to try and get some of the footage. Even with the photo slash video she took of them previously, the reason she had initially taken that video slash photo was because he was doing his own thing until he had seen them. It looked as though he was trying to approach them, and that was the only reason, but he stopped midway and went back. That's when he and his friend were hanging out there for a brief moment before the girls ended up walking over. Libby shows me that this man and the second man had no idea what was about to happen. He had known this man for a couple of years, really never really knew each other other than first name basis. He did frequent there quite a bit, and she shows me that too. Is this man the reason that they have Richard in custody now? I believe so. I feel like he identified him or something, but it's definitely been kept a secret, and I feel like they didn't really have a lot of details to go off because this guy didn't know him personally, have a phone number, nothing. They just had to kind of dig deep. And I believe they interviewed this witness often. So as time progressed, they got closer and closer to trying to obtain information to solve the case. Obviously, this particular guy, Alan, had been spooked by this whole thing and had never gone back to that trail again. And I feel like this particular witness was the one that was heavily involved, which is also something that Libby had been trying to push him to do. From what she shows me, she would visit him often. She would go into his dreams and tell him he needed to tell the police. Wow, she is like a little detective herself over there. Of course, at this point, the girls would have been scared, so they followed him on this trail. Did they have any indication on what he was planning to do? The kids walked with their brave little attitudes, I can see, while looking around to see if they could have any sort of help or assistance from anyone. I feel like they were trying to leave little trails of themselves as well to give them some sort of clue as to where they would end up. But unfortunately, a lot of that was washed away. The girls obviously got to a point where the trail ended, as stated in the documentary, and he wanted them to go into the forest. He wanted them to go, and they said no. I feel as though he decided to push them both down, and this is when the girls lost their phone. I also believe that he had hurt Libby because she was struggling to walk in the particular area he wanted her to walk in, although I think she was just doing that purposely so she could get recordings done. She was also in a lot of pain from his pushiness. I also believe he hit her and Abby a few times as well. Both girls were crying at this point and I see he continued to torture them. I even feel like he sliced Abby in the face with a knife to show he was very serious about hurting them and he made these threats along the journey as well. These poor kids, they never really asked for any of this. Definitely feel so horrible for them, but I can tell you this. The reason that they were killed so brutally, I might add, was because he asked them to perform sexual tasks 
and they absolutely refused. I see the girls told him to screw off and they don't care what he did to them. They knew it was wrong. They screamed for help and I see as though Abby was pretty sneaky and she did start to panic him that people would start to kind of come forward if anyone heard her. I believe he kept his hand over her mouth. I also believe she scratched him. I believe that's where a lot of the DNA comes from. I also see that Libby was trying to hit him while he was holding on to Abby. Definitely brave. Commend them for sure for that. Libby and Abby both show me that at the time he killed them both, he was a pretty strong man physically. I believe he had taken on a big beast in the past. I do feel as though he just left them for dead. Now, from what I can see, he had to hang out there for a little while because he did hear some sirens. I don't feel the first set of sirens were attached to him or associated with the girls or even looking at the girls. I feel like it definitely spooked him, though, and I feel like he got out of there as quickly as he possibly could before anyone found him. Is there anything else that the girls would like to add in relation to this case? Well, Libby shows me she fought her hardest. Although she died, she said she went down fighting. She said her family would have been proud. I told her that the family is absolutely proud one way or another. Her family was very close. They genuinely taught her how to defend herself and how to handle herself against even the biggest man. And that to her was something she learned from her grandfather and other family members. She said she had a beautiful life. With Abby, she was a little bit more on the quiet side and very, very silly. Once you get to know her and her beautiful, bright, bubbly personality would come through. As soon as I had my dog close to me, she was more than willing to talk to me. They still look exactly the same, the exact same age. They show me that their deaths were really quick. Although a bit fearful and scared of the situation, they showed no fear to this man. They love their families and they want their families to know that. And they're happy to know that they will find peace soon. When it comes to the investigation, is there anything else that they want to add for the investigation? The sheriff involved in this case made it his life mission to make sure that he obtained closure for this case. He was not going to stop until he did. So I feel like he really put a lot of effort into this day in and day out. It is exactly what all types of missing person cases need and missing children cases need. They want him to know that if anyone put as much effort into the cases like he did, everyone would have answers. They also want to put out there that she wants everyone to know that they had done their best to fight. Don't let fear get a hold of you. She said she hid her phone and made damn sure to capture evidence because they knew something bad was going to happen. She said everyone deserves to fight for their life. She wants to thank every single person involved in helping and searching for her and Abby. They both genuinely appreciated it. Thank you very much for those details from both of the girls, Libby and Abby. Now, when it comes to the future of this case, how do you feel the outcome will be when it comes to solving it? Well, the trial starts in March 2023, and a lot of people have reached out to me about this because we had already set up this particular case to be done in November. So it's kind of very interesting that it all happened at around the same time. But from what I can see, this case will be open and shut finally for the first time. They will indicate that they have evidence and they will have fairly solid evidence, including DNA evidence. I see that we're going to hear a lot of gruesome details about what happened to the girls during the trial. So when it does come to light, it's going to be pretty horrific. These girls endured a lot of pain and a lot of things I could never even imagine going through myself, let alone a child. 
Good news is, though, I do feel like the man will get life in prison. I feel like he's going to have a pretty quick verdict. Although he may be claiming he is innocent, his defense will do their best to make it seem as though he was not around, but they have very strong evidence and a strong witness, and I believe they even have some character witnesses surrounding this odd behavior. He had hurt children in the past and has hurt adults in the past, and I only feel like they just recently obtained his DNA. He also knows how to kill people. I'm glad that they will get some justice. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this case? Yes, I believe everything will be said and done by August. I also feel like there will be some things that happen to him while he's in prison. And I honestly think he's going to end up dying in prison pretty young. I feel like there will be a couple of people that come forward and discuss things that have happened surrounding this particular man. I feel like there's a lot of afraid people out there. I know it's tough to talk about trauma and rape, guys, but this is something that can help other people. Well, looks like that's what we got for you guys today on this Libby and Abby case. Stay tuned for next week. Again, on the patron side, we will be doing Nicole Simpson. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out. Mm -hmm.